Hey guys, welcome back to Caffeine and Crime. So we left off last week with part one of Kaylee Anthony with the story of the beautiful little Kaylee Anthony and just the tragic ending which we are going to unfold in today's episode. This is part two and will be it. We'll be wrapping up this case and this episode. Thank you guys for sticking along and I really appreciate if you listen to that one and then are jumping over to this one. If you haven't listened to part one, now is the time to pause this and jump over there and then come back once you're done with that part. These are rather long parts and that is why I had to split them up into two weeks and <laughs> let myself kind of take a back step from this case and then get back into it. And also, as you guys know, the other day, man, I just needed to take a, a break. I was losing my voice. <laughs> So we left off with Casey finally telling her parents that she hasn't seen Kaylee in a month and that the babysitter, Zanea Fernandez-Gonzalez, who goes by Zanny, may have kidnapped her. This happens in the car. You know, Cindy, her mom, had enough and went to her friend Amy and was like, where's Casey? Look, she's been stealing from us. And then Amy finds out that Casey's been stealing from her too. You guys know the drill from part one. But Cindy finally finds out from Amy where Casey is staying and it's at her boyfriend Tony's house. So she goes over there, demands her daughter to come with her. So they're in the car on the way back to, I'm assuming the Anthony's home. And Cindy is like yelling at Casey, trying to get something out of her. So this is where Casey has not yet broke the news that Zanny has kidnapped the baby. And Finally, Cindy is mad. Casey, you know, is just not saying anything. She's refusing to tell her mom anything of what's going on. I'm assuming Cindy at this point is just kind of like, okay, she's just being stubborn. She's being a brat. She's going through a phase. And I'm sure Kaylee is with one of her friends somewhere. Maybe she lost track of who is actually watching her right now, whatever the deal may be. Either way, as a grandmother, you would be freaked out um, if it was your daughter or your granddaughter, you know, like you would just be freaked out and you'd be like, you know, give me some answers. Um, I'm sure she never initially thought like, oh my God, you know, Kaylee's dead. So finally, Cindy's had enough and she's threatening to call the police and tell them that Casey has stolen her car and then got it like towed and it was, they had to go you know, like I said in the last part, spend hundreds of dollars to get it out of the impound lot. Um, and I guess Casey just kind of sat there and just huff and puff. So finally, there is the phone call of Cindy, which I will insert here of her calling the police for the first time. It was a local police station and um, it was closed. So she had actually driven up to the local police station first, realized it was closed, and then she just called 911. So here is the first call. Hi, I'm, I drove to the police department here on Persian, but you guys are closed. I need to bring someone into the police department. Can you tell me where I can, the closest one I can come into? What, what are you trying to accomplish by bringing them to the station? I have a 22-year-old person that has um, grand theft sitting in my auto with me. So the 22-year-old person stole something? Yes. Is this a relative? Yes. Where did they steal it from? Um, my car and also money. 
Okay, is this your son? Daughter. Okay, so your daughter stole money from your car? No, my car was stolen. We've retrieved it today. We found out where it was at. We've retrieved it. I've got that, and I've got affidavit for my banking account. I want to bring her in. I okay. want to press charges. Where, where did all of this happen? Oh, it, it's been happening. No, no, but I need to establish a jurisdiction is what I'm trying oh, to Oh, I live in, um, in Orlando. Yeah, but what address did these thefts occur at? Um, well, I guess my residence, I guess. Okay. Okay. 
um, Cindy wants to call the sheriff's department back and Lee's like, no, let's just try to talk to her, see what we can get out of her. Let's just reason with her. Maybe if I talk some sense into her, she'll let me know what's going on. So at some point, um, Casey lets Cindy know that Kaylee's fine and she's spending the night with Zanny. And Kate or Cindy's like, no, let's just go get her. And Casey says, no, I don't want to interrupt Kaylee's sleeping schedule. She's probably already asleep at this time. Um, and Cindy's just like, well, I don't care. I just want her here. I don't care if it messes up her sleeping schedule. If she's up all night, I'll stay up with her and I'll take off work the next day. Um, this is at least what Cindy has said in her part of the videos that you can see from the actual trial of her on stand and her story of what happened at the house. Emergency. Four nine three seven Hope Spring Drive. Four nine three seven Hope Spring Drive. Or okay, what's happening? Um, I have someone here that I need to um, be arrested in my home. There, there, right now. A possible missing child. I have a three-year-old that's been missing for a month. A three-year-old? Yeah. Have you reported that? I'm trying to do that now, ma'am. Okay, what did the person do that you need arrested? My daughter. For what? For stealing an auto and stealing money. I already spoke with someone there, so they would patch me through the Orlando um, Sheriff's Department and have a deputy here. I was in the car. I was going to drive her to the police station, and no one's open. They said they would bring a deputy to my home when I got home to call them. So she stole your vehicle? Yes. When did she do that? On the 30th, I just got it back from the impound. I'd like to speak to an officer. Can you have someone come out to my house? Okay. Okay, i got to ask you these questions so I can put them in the, in the call, okay? Okay. I have the um, statement. Casey's there right now? Yes, I got her. I finally found her after a month. She's been missing for a month. I found her, but we can't find my granddaughter. Okay, we'll have a deputy out to you as soon as one's available, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. So as you guys can see from that phone call, Cindy now calls the sheriff and she wants her daughter arrested for the stealing of um, the car and the money. And she says, and possibly my granddaughter's been missing for a month. Um, and a lot of people want to say that Cindy already knew more than, you know, she made it sound like she did. Because why would she get on this phone call and be like, my granddaughter may be missing if Casey hadn't let something slip and you know maybe she did but I from the next phone call it's kind of hard to believe that Cindy didn't know in the second phone call that um her granddaughter was missing in my opinion that is just my opinion um but Cindy goes on to say that you know they just weren't getting anything out of her and what I've gathered from that phone call saying that my daughter, my granddaughter could be missing for over a month is the fact that she hadn't even seen Casey in a month. So she hasn't seen Kaylee in a month. And that's why she is wondering, like, where is she? Why is Casey, like, not going to get her? Why are we not getting in the car and going to Zanny's right now and getting her? It just didn't all add up. She wanted a cop out there to figure it out and to make her go get Kaylee. Um, and again, I can understand completely and my heart goes out to her for this. Cindy calls and 
as luck would know it, nobody shows up for a really long time. And Cindy says she remembers pacing the hallway. Um, she would go from K- Casey's room all the way down the hallway and back, pacing back and forth, just waiting for them to get there. And at this point, Lee is thinking, now is the time to get something out of Casey. And finally, he cracked her and she started talking more. She started crying. She starts telling Lee how her mother's told her that she's an unfit mother, that she's not good to Kaylee. Um, that at one point, Kaylee, she said Kaylee was a mistake. And then she said that she's her best mistake she's ever made. Um, but in the end, Lee just keeps like, okay, well, can you tell me where Kaylee's at? Can we please talk about Kaylee? And Casey finally just breaks down and there's just nothing else that she can do but tell another lie. And this is where she says, Kaylee's been missing for over a month. She says, I dropped her off with Zanny one evening before work and when she came to pick and when I came to pick her up, no one was there. She said that she had been going and doing an investigation herself, um, which included going to clubs and bars thinking Zanny would be there. She went as far to even say that she got a phone call from Zanny that day and was able to talk to Kaylee on the phone saying that Kaylee was safe and Kaylee somehow got the phone and magically was able to call Casey and the phone call ended when she asked to talk to Zanny. Around this point, Cindy says that she came into the room and heard Casey say Kaylee's been gone for 31 days. She said that she just lost it and started cursing at Kaylee or Casey, which I mean, I would too. She said she hit the bed and then she ran out of the room and she called 911 again. Hello, it's your emergency. I called a little bit ago, the deputy sheriff saying I found out my granddaughter has been sick and she has been missing for a month. Her mother finally admitted that she's been missed. Okay, what is what is here now? Okay, what is the address that you're calling from? 4937 Hope Spring Drive. We're talking about a three-year-old little girl. 4937 what? Hope Spring, H-O-P-E-S-P-R-I-N-G, Drive, Orlando. My daughter finally admitted that the baby's in the store. I need to find her. Your daughter admitted that your ba- the baby is where? But the babysitter took her a month ago that my daughter's been looking for. I told you my daughter was missing for a month. I just found her today, but I can't find my granddaughter. And she just admitted to me that she's been trying to find her herself. There's something wrong. I found my daughter's car today, and it smells like there's been a dead body in the damn car. Okay, what is the three-year-old's name? Kaylee. C-A-Y-L-E-E. Anthony. Kaylee Anthony? Yes. Okay, is she white, black, or Hispanic? She's white. How long has she been missing for? I have not seen her since the 7th of June. What is her date of birth? Um, 8, 8, 9, 2000, oh God, she's three, she's 2005. <laughs> Okay, I just can, I need I I understand. Can you just can you calm down for me for just a minute and just I need to know what's going on, okay? I'm gonna try and talk. Is your is your daughter there? Is your daughter there? Yeah. Can I speak with her? 
Do you mind if I speak with her? Thank you. I called them two hours ago. They haven't gotten here. Can you speak? Finally, and there's a very short girl months ago. phone call as I was saying before you can tell Cindy is very distraught like very hysterical um she just says you know my three-year-old granddaughter she's missing and I mean you can just tell like she's this news has just been broken to her that is how I feel um she does say during the mix and I'm sure you guys caught it too is her cursing and saying that the car smelled like a dead body. Um, so that makes everybody automatically go to the car that was Casey's car, the car that Casey drove around. And it all just links to what happened in that car. Also, I want to point out in this call, call that you also hear um, between her giving the information to this lady and her just saying, you know, can you please hurry up and get here? You can kind of, it almost is like George has arrived and you can hear her be saying, Kaylee's been missing for 31 days. Casey just told me that Zanny, you know, kidnapped her and, you know, asking like if she's going to call the cops and she's like, I'm on the phone with them right now. And the lady at this point asked to talk to Casey. So she's trying to take the phone to Casey and you can hear her say, I called them two hours ago and nobody's here, which I think personally is bullshit. Anything that has to do with a missing kid, your ass should be there as soon as possible. So that is 
awful on their end. Let me just say that. That is my opinion, but I stand by that. Like, that's awful. Somebody should have been out there already. This lady paced back and forth for what she said forever, waiting for them to get her out here after she had already said my granddaughter could have been missing for over a month. So finally, they hand the phone to Casey. And the thing is, she's so casual. It's like she's just answering the phone about anything. And the lady's just like, she's just like, hello. Like, she's just a brat and who doesn't want to talk on the phone like you know your distant uncle that wants to wish you a happy birthday and you're just like hello you know and the lady's like can you tell me a little bit what's going on and she's just what you know and she's like can you tell me what's going on and she's like yeah my daughter's been missing for 31 days and at the end of it you can kind of hear her get maybe choked up a little bit but the rest of the conversation just goes like nonchalant like yep she's gone I've been you know God. She's automatically like, I know who took her. Zanny took her, um, you know, 31 days ago. And the lady's just like, so you know who took her? And she's like, yeah. And she's Zenaida, Fernandez, Gonzalez. You know, she starts going down this long thing. And she she also mentions to her too, like, I just got a call from her today. She's She sounded fine. I'm just trying to find her. And this lady is just like, so she's been missing for 31 days and you have not called. Like, point blank, like, this is everybody's question of the day. Like, why have you not said anything? And she never even reported it. It was her mother. If it wasn't for her mother, this baby would have never been reported. Casey replies with, I've been going at it through a different direction, trying to find her different ways, which is stupid on my part. And it's just like, you don't say. Um, and then soon after, she says, like, the officers are there. And she's just, like, giving her Zanny's name, full name again, all of that. And that's kind of where the conversation just goes off. So by the time the officers gets there, um, Lee, her brother, actually gets in the car and gets in his vehicle and goes over to Tony's house to get Casey's things, like her backpack, her laptop, and stuff like that. Coincidentally... <laughs> Um, her laptop has been like erased completely up until like a certain point. So there's like nothing on it. Once he gets back, um, Cindy dumps all the things from Casey's bag onto the garage floor and there's like officers walking by like trying to like get through and in it she finds some of her own shopping credit cards like Sears, JCPenney's, that type of ordeal, a bunch of rolled up $20 bills and you know, cops are like trying to get their statements and stuff. And all during this whole time, Casey is texting Tony about Kaylee being missing. And he's like, like everyone else in this situation, like, why didn't you tell me? You've been staying with me. Why didn't you say anything about her being missing? And she says that she needs him and that she's the worst person ever. And she says, oh, and if they don't find her, guess who gets to spend the rest of her life in jail? Because that is what you're worried about right now. And why are you questioning that? If you have not done anything to this baby. That is my question. Um, at this point, a homicide detective comes at four around 4 a.m. So this is like an all-night ordeal. And he goes over to Kate Casey and starts asking her about her statement. He goes through it word by word and says, 
does all of this add up? Is is there anything out of place? Is there anything that you're t- that you've said in the statement that you have given that is a lie? And she's like, oh no, that's you know, it, it's all true. And he tells her again, I want to make it very clear that right now is the time that you can change your story and it's fine, but you're gonna have to tell us right now. And she says, oh no, it's the truth. And he obviously is already looking at this girl and just seeing right through the bullshit. And he's like, something does not add up. Um, she says that on June 9th, she dropped Kaylee off at a, at this apartment 10, Saul Grass Apartments. It was apartment 10 with Zanny. She said she met Zanny through Jeff Hopkins. You guys remember Jeff Hopkins, the man that she has made up in her head um, because he had the little boy Zachary and they were dating for a little bit, staying with him apparently when really she was just staying with her friends. Um, and Zachary and Kaylee were good friends. Um, around April 2006 is when Zanny started watching both Zachary and Kaylee at Jeff Hopkins' apartment. Really, this was around the time where she was having her friend, I can't remember, I don't think it was Amy, I think it was a girl named Lauren maybe Watcher, and she wasn't paying her. That kind of whole spiel, I think in the last part I said it was Amy, but I think it was somebody completely different. Um... Uh, But this was around the time she was getting by with this woman watching her kid for free while she went out and partied. Um, A few months later, Zanny was just watching Kaylee on her own because you guys know Jeff Hopkins moved to North Carolina with his daughter, Zachary. Oh my God, these lies. They're so hard to even keep up with. Like, I don't even know how she does it. Um, But the timelines weren't already adding up to the detectives and Casey, of course, doesn't know the exact address. And of course, Zanny has moved all over the place. She's lived with her mothers at one point. She has lived multiple apartment buildings. Um, She has no idea. So she says on June 9th, she said she left work at Universal Studios. And when she went to pick up Kaylee from the Sawgrass Apartments where Zanny currently was, no one was there. She said she waited outside. She sat down and waited outside for two hours. Calling the phone that was apparently out of service at that point. And she just waits. Finally, she gets up and she starts walking around. She goes to different parks, different places that Zanny has taken Kaylee in the past. And after 7 p.m., instead of going home to her mother, who is going to question her saying, where's Kaylee? She goes to her boyfriend, Tony's house. Because who, who would... Who would not go home and be like, hey, Zanny never showed up with Kaylee. I don't know what to do. The detective asks who knows um, about Kaylee missing and if she has told Tony. And she said, no, I just now told him. The only other people who knew she was missing is Jeff Hopkins and Juliet Lewis. (laughs) I shit you not. She doesn't know their current number because they apparently changed their numbers uh, like they changed their underwear and they move around a lot. She also says she has a couple phones and that she goes back and forth. She said that she's gotten both of these phones through Universal, her fake job, and that one of them is her work phone, one of them is her personal. But the personal phone doesn't hold a battery charge, so she takes her SIM card out of it and puts it into her work phone to use most of the time. But she says that the numbers are saved to the phone and not the SIM card. And it's like a back and forth thing with this detective, like... So the numbers aren't on your SIM card. And she's like, no, I've been trying to figure it out. But if I could find my personal phone, we would have all of their numbers. 
And so he's like, so where's your phone? And she's like, it's lost. I mean, I left it on my desk at work at Universal. And when I came back, it was gone. It's stolen. She's, he was like, well, did you report it missing? Yeah, I, I reported it missing like nine days ago at studio or Universal Studio Security. So she's going to report her phone missing, but not report her daughter missing. How does this make any sense? She then goes on to say how she is going to clubs and these parties to see if anyone has seen Kaylee because you go to a club and you enter a hot body contest to find your missing baby. Her answer to why not report it sooner, she said she didn't want anything to happen to Kaylee. Apparently, Zanny and Jeff both have worked at Universal Studios before, and that is where she has kind of known both of them as well. And at one point, Casey and Cindy are in another part of the area, um, and the detective's about to leave, or their house or whatever. The detective's about to leave, and George, the dad, walks up and privately tells the detective he thinks Casey knows more than what she's letting on. And the you know, detective is like, yeah, obviously. The detective starts, you know, researching all this. He's going through all of these addresses that Casey's giving. He's looking at this apartment and this apartment that she has claimed Zanny has lived, he calls the owners and apparently it's been a vacant for months. He also calls Universal Studios to confirm and verify Casey's job and they're like, no, she has not worked here in like years. I mean, she didn't come back after maternity leave. Um, he also starts asking them about Juliet Lewis, Jeff Hopkins, Zenaida Fernandez-Gonzalez, and none of them work there. And he's like, I pretty much already knew this, but just asking to, you know, clear bases here. Um, the detective at this point, uh, it's... <laughs> It's funny, not funny type of moment because I never want you guys to think that I don't take this case seriously. Like I said in part one, like this case is very near and dear to my heart. This was like the first case that like made my stomach, my stomach so uh, sick and in a knot that this is what made me love true crime and really invest my time in these cases. And I always love to see the victims of these cases get the justice they deserve and that's where this one really eats at me and makes me so mad but I would like to go about this as lighthearted as I personally can or you know personally can for you guys and have a little bit of dark humor with it and that is where I say this is the best lie that Casey has told in my opinion um, is about her job at Universal Studios so the detective tells her he wants to take her to Universal so that he she can show him her office and where she works and he's thinking I'm gonna tell her this and she's gonna be like oh okay you got me I don't work there I shit you not she takes him to Universal Studios she walks up to the people at Universal and she's like hey I don't have my badge on me I'm Casey you know I work here I have an office in the back and <laughs> Oh my god, guys, it's it literally is just priceless. So the guy working the front desk is just like, you know, you're not coming up in the system. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, I work here. And he's like, no, your name's not on here. And finally, the detective kind of like pulls the guys like over and he's like, hey, if, she, if she's with us, 
um, do you mind if we just take a look around? There is a missing child's case. We're just trying to figure this out. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that's fine. Go ahead. And, you know, they gave him permission to go through. And Casey's just thinking, oh, my God, this is, like, so stupid. Like, they forgot that I fucking work here, you know? And really, these detectives are just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're still going along with this. Like, when are you going to crack? And realize that we know you don't work here and that you haven't worked here in years. And this is where I cannot take it. This girl, like, she is such a character. She literally is walking down these back halls at Universal Studio going to the offices and there is these people that work there that actually work there and have jobs there walking down the hallway and she's literally like saying hi to them and like greeting them and stuff. Meanwhile, the detectives already know she doesn't work here and she is just like doing this for shits and giggles. But it's like, I don't know. Like this just blows my mind how somebody has it in their head that they can lie that far and really make it that believable. Like if these cops weren't, or if they were dumb and they didn't have their shit together or they didn't see right through it, like she could have fooled so many people. Like it just blows my mind how she's just going about it. Just like she goes there every day. It's her work. She knows these people. These are her people. Finally, they're walking and walking down this long hallway and they pass like all of the offices and there's nothing left. So it's just like the very end of the hall and she just like turns around and instead of being like continuing with this lie and just being like, oh, my office is, you know, right over here or whatever. She pretty much just says, okay, you, you know, you got me. Like, I don't, I don't work here. And they're just like, you got to be shitting me. Like we just cracked her. And so they have Universal Studio give them a room to interview her in. And, you know, he just starts asking like, why are you lying? Like we knew when we brought you here that you were lying. We could have just had this conversation back at the station. Oh my God, guys, I don't know. But at this point, it's pretty much just like, like why are you lying? Like, why are you doing all this? How is this going to help get your daughter? And she's like, well, I just thought like if I started bringing you guys and I started going places where she typically would go with Zanny, we would find them or see them. And again, none of it's adding up. You know, none of it makes sense. She's just lying. She's acting like just very, just calm still and almost like just like a bratty behavior, just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know. Um, and still, she's not like concerned worried, scared, um, you know, devastated or like shooken up. Like I, I kid you not, if my baby was missing, I would not be able to sit still. I would be looking everywhere for them. I would be freaking the fuck out. Like I would be a fucking mad woman. So to just hear her just sitting there so chill and just mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like yeah, and he, you know, at this point, he's like, you know, I told you early this morning when we first talked, if you were saying any lies or if something was not the truth, that you could turn it around and you could tell me right then. And she's like, mm-hmm. And he was just like, okay, but now it's, and he kind of used like the whole story of like it being like some snowflakes and now it's like a huge, massive like snowball type of ordeal, just trying to get through to her like, your lies have piled up. 
there's nowhere to go from here. Um, and at this point, looked into all the addresses. I looked into all the people, all the names you've given me. None of it's real. None of it. So he says, you know, I've talked to Amy. I've talked to Tony. I've talked to your ex-boyfriend. I've talked to people that work here at Universal about people that you've worked with. Um, it's just been lie after lie. And now it's to the point where you're just going to have to stop with all these lies. You're going to have to start over and you're just going to have to plump point blank tell us what happened what's going on here and the whole time she's just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's like it's time for you to stop lying mm-hmm. that's all he gets he goes as far to say like and I'm very confident and he's like I know you and I both know right now that one of the things you've told us is true and she was like no some of what I told you is true and he was like it's all been lies he's like it hasn't all been lies. And he's like, yeah, and I'm very confident that what you've said about Kaylee, where Kaylee's at, is a lie too. And she's like, if that's not a lie, I don't know where Kaylee's at. He was like, yeah, you do. I'm confident about that. And this isn't helping. You need to tell us where she is. It is crazy, like, how this detective, like, is just, like, seeing right through all of her bold-faced lies that everyone around her has always believed. And he's just like, no, bitch, I got you. I see right through you. At this point, they're very frustrated and they really, really grill her and take it out on her like they should. And they're going through all the keynotes again. Like, okay, so, you know, you went to this apartment that has been vacant since, I mean, they said March. And Kaylee went missing, like, what was it, June 9th? So they're saying like nobody's been in these apartments since March and Kaylee's like or Casey's like well I just walked her up to the steps and they're like then who took her Zanny was at the steps Zanny took her and they're just like so you walked she was like look this happened every single time Zanny watched her I would walk her to the steps of the apartment and Zanny would take her in so they kind of just keep going over the keynotes like so what went down was you drop your daughter off with Zanny on that day and then you no telling what you did but when you come back to pick her up she's not there and so you go on about your life and then when your car is towed and your parents have to go get it and then they question you where your daughter's at you tell them she's been gone for 31 days and you haven't contacted the police or anything they have to contact the police and then when the police question you about it, you lie about everything. You give them false people. You give them false addresses. You tell them that you work a place where you don't even work. And you lead them on this goose chase all the way over here. And you're and he goes over this twice. And he says, and you're telling me that makes sense to you. He was like, I want to tell you this as a story. Like as a story, let's say I drop my daughter off. I don't report it for 31 days. My car gets towed. My parents find out. They ask me where my daughter is. I say she's been missing for 31 days. They report her. And then when the police question me about my daughter missing for 31 days, I give them false people, false addresses, and send them on a goose chase to a work where I don't even work, lead them down a hall, and then turn around and say, oh, yeah, I don't work here. Funny thing. Um, does that make sense to you? And she literally has the balls to say, yeah sure does. 
Finally, an hour into this, they are getting nothing. She's holding true to her story that she has given, and that is it. Um, so they kind of send her off into another room, and they all start talking, and they're just like, we've got to get her on something, you know, like something doesn't add up. And um, I think everybody kind of thinks that she's a flight risk, so they're just kind of like, let's get her on since we think she's suicidal. Let's say she's suicidal and and this is just my opinion. Um, but they hold her on a suicide watch and I feel like after they have said that she was very like unbothered with this whole circumstance, I highly doubt she was suicidal. Um, again, my opinion, but anything that you can get her on and at this point they could get her on lying to cops um, and also child neglect. So they did arrest her on this day and this was July 16th. Now she is being held without bond at this time. Um, and her first day she calls her mom and she calls her mom and starts talking to her. And she was like, mom, you know, I seen you were on TV. I seen your little cameo. Um, she was like, um, her and her mom's like, which one? You know, I've had four. And she's like, mom, you told him that you didn't know my involvement with Kaylee. She's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know where Kaylee's at, blah, 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 blah. And her mom's just like, Kaylee, you're, or Casey, you're not telling me anything. Like, I mean, I don't know. You you don't tell us anything. You lie about everything. And she was like, I'm in jail. And she was like, well, sweetheart, you know, if you told the truth, you wouldn't be there right now. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. And she was like, can you just put Lee on the phone? I want Tony's number. So she's not calling and being like, you know, have you guys had any leads on Kaylee? It's, I want Tony's number. I want to talk to my boyfriend. You guys are out of my life. I don't need you. And it's kind of the same ordeal when she talks to Lee. He's like, you're calling and chewing us out and saying you don't need us, but you're asking for Tony's number, really. And she was just like, well, I wanted to call you guys for support and stuff, but, you know, that's out the window. And finally, um, her, like, lifelong friend Christine who was at the house Lee puts her on and she's like no I don't want to talk to anybody else I just want Tony's number and Christine's like hey you know is there anything I can do for you and she's she seems really sweet she's like is there anything that I can do for you what's going on she was just like no I really don't have time for this can you get my brother um you know I really need Tony's number or whatever and she does this like thing where Christine's like well you know like I'm here for you and she does this thing where I hate it when people do this to me when they're just like oh doll like oh I know blah 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 like I know that you're here to support me and blah 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 yes doll I hate stuff like that where it almost is like she's belittling you and making it sound like Oh, of course you're going to worship the ground she walks on because she is better than you. It's almost that type of ordeal and it pisses me off so bad when people do it to me that it makes me so mad that she does this to this person. And she was just like, can you get my brother so I can get the number? And she was like, is Tony, is Tony have something to do with Kaylee, you know? And she was like, no, Tony doesn't have anything to do with Kaylee. And she's like, then why do you want his number? And she's like, because he's my boyfriend and I want to talk to him because I was arrested out of nowhere today. She said no reason and for things she would have never done. It's like, you fucking lied to the police. Like, what did you think was going to happen? 
not saying that that's something that you would never do, but you lie to everyone. So at this point, the girl literally breaks down and is like, if you know something about Kaylee, you would tell me, right? And again, Casey's just kind of using that, oh, you know, like, doll. And she was just like, I mean, Christine literally breaks down and starts crying. She's like, if something happened to that little girl, I would die. And she's like crying. It's so like heart-wrenching. And Casey has the nerve to be like, oh my God, you guys are no help. I don't know why I called. I kid you not, that is her response. It's not tears. She's not emotional over her daughter. She does not give a fuck where her daughter's at. Why? Because she already knows where her daughter's at. So meanwhile, she's still on the phone with them. She finally gets Tony's number so that she can call him. And meanwhile, the cops are looking into, or these detectives are looking into Zanny. And they actually find a woman in Orlando, Florida, Zenaida Gonzalez Fernandez. I shit you not. And this poor lady is just like, I don't know Casey Anthony. I have never met Casey Anthony in my life. And they ultimately rule her out completely like this is a person that Casey I don't think she's smart enough to I mean I think Casey's a smart person when it comes to how she can lie I really do think she's a a pathological liar for sure everyone knows that but I feel like you have to have some sort of brains to be able to come off with those lies as quick as she does but I don't think she would be smart enough to come up with a name like that for Zanny um and I have seen some documents where when they finally went through the Anthony's home computer they seen searches for Zenaida Gonzalez Fernandez so I think she found this lady in her twisted way and started making up like the zanny and just kind of ran with it um so I don't think it was something out of like thin air I think it was something that she had found on the internet and then like just ran with but on top of this the detectives also further do a search on the vehicle and this is taking place on July 17th This is where I'm going to get a little scientific with you guys. Um, So they started getting DNA from the car. Um, They found hair fibers. They found some DNA on the spare tire in the trunk. They ripped up some carpet from the trunk. They even went back to the impound lot and got the trash out of the dumpster from the car because there was some wadded paper towels and they did like some DNA testing on that as well. Um, one of the forensics that were looking in the trunk also found a certain type of fly that they say was attracted or are attracted to decomposing bodies and most evidence were sent off to a forensic lab for further testing and um, George, Cindy, Lee all came forward for DNA testing um, to give DNA samples and they also brought in a hairbrush that was Kaylee's. A certain type of body waxing that is usually on a decomposing body was found on the tissues from the garbage as well as uh, one of the hair strands is what is called death banding where the tip of like the root is banded pretty much resulting in um, hair that has fallen off of a decomposing body and that hair did match the hairbrush that was Kaylee's. 
Then more forensic specialists on this case took in all the compounds that they had from this car, from the will, from the carpet, all the things together, and they said that it was from a decomposing body and that they did not know of another way that this car would have everything. Did I mention the car had been recently vacuumed and cleaned out? I don't understand how she would have taken this car to a car wash, vacuumed it all out after what she had done, but also uh, leaving a bag of trash that had like tissues that she had wiped the body with. And also apparently it had pizza and maggots and stuff like that. Ooh left that in the trunk but not the other stuff I don't know if it was just like to cover up the smell or be like oh it's a trash bag in my trunk mm, makes you think um but with all of that the evidence was still found of a decomposing body in that trunk the same forensic specialist found as he quotes an extremely high level of chloroform in the carpet that was sent to him as well so back to July 17th, the same day that uh, Casey is making these phone calls to her family and to Tony, um, at the same time, the detectives are taking cadaver dogs to the vehicle, and the cadaver dog does alert to uh, remains being present. Um, so they did sniff it out from the car. They also, with permission, took the cadaver dog out to the Anthony's house and the dog alerted to a couple spots around the backyard where Kaylee's playhouse was at. Um, to double check everything, they even brought out a second dog who alerted in the same spot in the backyard. So of course they went through the digging process and the searching process in this backyard, but they never did find anything. On July 18th, Casey Anthony was um, hiring a lawyer, um, Jose, and I don't really want to get into him as much. Um, I I have seen some like awful things about him, and obviously, like I'm not a fan after this case. Um, I get like lawyers have to be pretty cutthroat, but yeah, let's just say this guy has some like baggage. Um, but there, you might be thinking, like, how did Casey afford to buy a lawyer or pay for a lawyer herself? And there's a lot of things, like, up in the air about this. And one of the things is that it's been told through the grapevine that she was selling pictures of Kaylee, her daughter, to news places for cash to pay her lawyer, which is disgusting. All right, guys, so now we have the court date for her bond and pretty much her mom her dad and her brother are put up on the stand to pretty much testify for her to be able to get out on bond and they are they say that they're doing this for Kaylee because they think if they bring Casey home one-on-one -on -one, they'll be able to question her and get it out of her more information on where Kaylee is um which I it's hard at one point I can understand where they're coming from but at another point it's stupid like you're not going to get it out of her you're sitting there they're they literally are asking them if we let her out pretty much like is she a flight risk no will you be able to bring her back to her court dates yes you know those type of questions but it's also they're literally asking in front of Casey if you take her home do you think you'll be able to get more out of her than what we have <laughs> pretty much and they're just like yes so Kay Casey's sitting there like I'm not telling them jack shit, you know, like 
doesn't make any sense. Um, but Lee and George are both like just very straightforward. Um, they both say like they haven't seen Casey since she's been arrested. Um, and also that it was just like the brief phone call is when they have talked to her. Um, besides that, I can say that Cindy is very emotional. She, when she first gets on the stand, she's like, this is the first time I've seen Kaylee. Oh, I mean, Casey, which I relate with her there. I really do apologize. I never want to compare Kaylee and Casey together, but Kaylee, Casey, and Cindy's names all kind of intertwine with me. And I know I keep catching myself saying Kaylee when I'm meaning Casey and I'm having to read, you know, ah. <sighs> correct myself. So, um, the first part I made sure I did, like I had to just keep stopping and then correct myself. Now I'm kind of just letting it go. I apologize. I know that I'm doing it, but I can understand where she did it, but it's like wrong place, wrong time to say Kaylee. And then, Oh, I mean, Casey, um, in court in front of everyone. And I can say Casey looked a little upset, but still not like my daughter's gone. And it's been, months you know type of ordeal um bottom line um he doesn't see it the judge doesn't see it being justified to let her out because pretty much saying like the truth and Casey are not friends they don't go hand in hand like she hasn't given us anything she has not contributed or helped at all in finding her daughter nothing None of the details, nothing she has given us has been anything that's helpful. The truth and Miss Anthony are strangers, is his words. He orders for her to have a psychological test to see her competence and just her her state, her... <laughs> her state of mind, honestly, um, and just pretty much is like, I don't like your attitude. I don't like the attitude that you've had and that you've carried with this entire case. Again, you're not helping to contribute to this or, you know, the whereabouts of your daughter. I really don't want to set a bond, but I, by law, I have to pretty much. And he sets it for $500,000. Yikes. So, of course, Casey does not have the money for Bond and nobody that she knows does. Um, but he does say that if she for some reason does get out on Bond, she will have to have an ankle bracelet because she is a flight risk. So, now fast forward to her psych eval. The psychiatrist that, you know, tested her, they wanted to look at more of like the minor things like anxiety, depression, and I'm really not meaning it minor whatsoever because they are real. I suffer with them. Um, but just the lineup of anxiety and um, eating disorders, depression, those type of ordeals, and then the actual like personality disorders. And they said when they first met her that she seemed very off. And they just had this weird vibe about her and that she just didn't show a lot of emotion. Like it was just very strange, but her test came back perfectly normal. And I'm, I'm like you guys, I'm thinking, oh my God, I mean, how, like this person is fucking crazy. How does she not have some type of personality disorder? Like she just really is like just that crazy. Uh, it is, it's hard to believe. I know. Um, so now we're at July 23rd and you know, her friend Amy, who she like maxed out her 
not even maxed, but she stole checks from and she drained her banking account. Okay, well now Amy is officially fed up. Like she knows all about this whole ordeal. She knows how much money uh, Casey's been stealing from her parents. She knows about Kaylee missing and she's done. She presses charges against Casey for stealing money from her. And I'm like, go girl, go. So on July 25th, while her attorney Jose is trying to get her an immunity deal because he's mad about how the bond hearing went, um, this is the day where Casey also gets to see George and Cindy for the first time with the glass between them talking through the phones. And it's a very strange conversation. Um, you know, she Cindy's just kind of like, we've been watching you and... Casey's like what do you mean and she's like we've been watching you over there and she's like Casey's like oh yeah I was talking with the doctors and Sydney says well we forgive you for anything that you said and Casey's like what do you mean I didn't I you know I'm not saying anything and it's strange because like we still don't know what that was all about is it about accusations that Casey eventually makes um I don't know it's very strange the other theories of Kaylee does it involve any of that I, it's just, but then the rest of the conversation goes to where Cindy's telling her, like, you don't realize that the whole United States is looking for this little girl. Her face is going to be on People's Magazine. She is everywhere, Casey. And Casey's like, good, that's, that's great. You know, just whatever. And then Casey's trying to talk about, like, the case or something. And her mom's just like, I want you to lift your head. I want you to look me in the eyes. And all this weird shit. It's it's weird. It, it's just a very, like, ooh, moment watching this conversation. Now, this is the first time that we're really seeing Casey get emotional about this whole ordeal, and her dad gets on the phone with her, and he's like, you know, I I want you to know that you can tell me anything. Um, you know, I love you. I wish I would have given you a better childhood. I wish I would have been a better father to you. I wish I would have been a better grandfather to Kaylee. Um, and Casey is crying at this point And she said, don't think for a minute that you haven't been the best father, which is weird with the accusations. Um, but also like he's, she's just like, and you've been the best grandfather. Kaylee was so lucky to have you. And then she kind of corrects herself and says, Kaylee, is still so lucky to have you and she says it in like past tense like a couple of times and then corrects herself and says well she is still and that right there to me is like red flags going up and I don't understand why they didn't catch that either and be like why is she talking past tense like she knows something has definitely happened to Kaylee a few more days pass and finally there is a deal on the table of uh, a weird or the way around it is giving her a limited amount of immunity meaning if she can give us information about where Kaylee is we can give her a limited amount of immunity but if we catch her up or anything like that like she's done for she's charged and obviously they don't want to take this because you know, she's not really a reliable person when it comes to not lying or getting herself out of trouble. Um, so it doesn't really go over well. You got to think too, like I remember back in this time and I remember how crazy it was. Everybody was looking for this little girl. Her face was everywhere. You couldn't go anywhere without seeing little Kaylee Anthony. And it was very intense. And I was right there with them. Like, oh my God, she did it. Everybody said that. 
and you can only imagine in the town they lived in how much harassment they were all getting and just the pressure of everything and knowing that if she was to get this immunity deal and walk out it would have probably not went down very well in her favor and the immunity deal limited immunity at that was not taken because of these different situations and did I mention there was a $250,000 reward for um, information about Kaylee's whereabouts so um, they people were getting pretty vicious let's just say that so at this time, Cindy actually looks into this like search and rescue team to come out and look. And at this point, everybody around this area is out searching. And the cops are just like the more the merrier searching for this little girl. Um, so she has those people out there and they pretty much can't go anywhere without people screaming in their faces, calling their daughter a baby killer. And it's a really tough ordeal. Um, and the thing is like, we knew everything about this case. There is laws in Florida where they give out all information. So, um, you pretty much know the information as soon as it's known and it's put out there in the world immediately. Um, so everybody is out on foot looking for her and everyone at the same time is like out with their pitchforks and signs and ready to destroy all the Anthony's. And this is where we enter Roy Cronk, which is a meter reader. Um, and he was working out at the neighborhood around the Anthony's and he said he needed to pee. So he went off into the wooded area to pee. And apparently there was like a couple workers with him maybe. And when he was out in the woods, he happened to notice something like down in the wooded area and he said it looked like a skull a human skull but just kind of I don't know probably just thought like you know my eyes are playing tricks on me and um, then him and his buddies were distracted by a rattlesnake close by and they wanted to spook their friends anyways long story short that night he's talking to his girlfriend about it and she was like where and you know he says where he was at and she was like that's by the anthony's you need to call this in so he calls into a police line that's like non-emergencies and he pretty much this lady just kind of acts like a bitch like she really does it almost sounds like somebody working at the dmv just not giving a shit about you anything you have to say and he's like hey you know he's really nice he's like he tells her who he is that he's a re meter reader and you know, he even asked her, he's like, you know, I was out at the, by the Anthony's, you know, residence. And I'm sure she gets a lot of calls like of these tips, anonymous tips and, you know, this type of ordeal, but still like he's very, you know, thoughtful about it. And he really puts it into words, like how truthful it sounds very truthful to me, just me judging his character. Um, but he says like, I was out in this wooded area, relieving myself and, you know, I'm just a meter reader. So I was, you know, through here. And he was like, but this certain wooded area, he's like, there's like these trails or roads or something like that. And there's a swamp with wooded areas around it. And he was like, do you know what I'm talking about? And she's like, no, but go on. And he was like, okay, well, it was through this area. I'm sure at this point he's feeling uncomfortable and knowing like 
that they probably get so many tips. He probably didn't even want to call in the first place. And he's just like, I've just seen something white and it was oddly shaped. I, I, I'm not saying it's Kaylee or anything, but I would probably check it out. Apparently, a sheriff went out into this area to look, but did not look very far into it, and nothing was found. The very next day, he calls the sheriff's department back, and he gets on the phone with somebody else, and he again says, I'm a meter reader. Um, I called yesterday. I had the area... Um, by the Anthony's and he, he explains it to this woman he's like do you know where this location's at and she's like yeah and he's like okay well there's he explains it in such detail guys like it's by a fence it's by the swamp you know it's like this certain area there's like a tree falling down he was like there's like this vinyl like bag out there and then laying underneath this fallen stump is a round white thing and it looks very suspicious I didn't touch anything I, I think it needs to be checked out once again, a sheriff deputy goes out and says, this area has already been checked. I'll check it again. Obviously doesn't. And goes on about their day. Well, when he, I guess, I don't know if this Roy calls them or if they call him. I'm sure he called them to check in on it. And they said, um, yeah, that has been checked or whatever. And he was like, are you sure though? And they're just like, well, you meet us out there and have them check it. So he gets there and he calls them one day and he's like, is somebody coming? And they're like, yeah, they're almost there. Two sheriff deputies arrive to search it. He points them in the direction of it. And one of them is walking towards it and slips and falls down like this little steep slope and pretty much just says like, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm not doing this. There's trash down here. You're wasting our time. There's nothing down here. So this poor guy obviously just gives up at this point for now and is just like, you know, I've tried. I've called a couple times now. I've showed them the area. They're not doing anything about it. I just have to, you know, move on. So in the same year, if we're fast forwarding a little bit again, it's August 14th and Cindy and George go back to the jail to see Casey between the glass and the phone situation again. And as soon as they sit down, Cindy is crying and Casey is cheerful as ever. And it's just like, she is already crying. And her dad's like, yeah, we haven't seen you. And let alone, we haven't seen our granddaughter. We have no idea where she's at. I mean, come on. Um, but the conversation just kind of goes weird again. Um, she's not wanting to talk to her mom because her mom's just crying. They keep asking about these questions about Kaylee. And she's just like, okay, but what about me? Like, I know, like, Kaylee's just your priority and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I'm stuck in here. I'm out of the loop. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. And finally, she tells her mom, like, I don't want to talk to you. Like, they asked me who I want to talk to. And I said, my dad. Um, so she starts talking to her dad. And I don't know if this is like some type of like Anthony's pep talk or what. But he tells her that she is the boss of everything going on. Like, she is in charge. And they're her employees. And Jose, her lawyer, is her employee. And she's in charge of all this. And she's like, no, I'm not. And she's crying. And yeah, you guys need to watch it. It's very cringy. And mm, this family just gives me like the heebie-jeebies. Now we're introducing a new character in the mix who is Leonard Padilla, who is a bounty hunter from California who flew from Sacramento to Florida to bail out as a bounty hunter Casey Anthony for $50,000. He thinks 
she knows where Kaylee is at and he wants the reward money. And remember, there's a $250,000 reward out there. So he thinks Kaylee is alive and that he's going to get Casey out and he's going to be able to talk through to her. Um, and putting that $50,000 down, he thinks he's going to get her to tell him where Kaylee's at, be able to get her and get the reward. He thinks he's a genius. It gets even crazier, guys. So this Leonard uh, Padilla goes and he is staying at the Anthony's house is what he says. And he says these pizzas keep showing up. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, we ordered pizza. And he said that they keep showing up. And he's like, you know, like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, if you're going to order pizza, you're going to, like, order pizza. And then that's going to be it. You don't just, like, order unless it's friends. And then you you're flirting with the pizza girl <laughs> but um in this situation pizzas just keep showing up and finally they're just like yeah we don't know where they're coming from we don't know who's ordering them and he's like you guys are fucking crazy you know like you're just eating random pizzas that are just showing up at your house and finally he gets Casey cornered and he's like okay let's talk about this like what happened and he says that instead of the story about her dropping Kaylee off with Zanny, she said that she met Zanny and her sister that we've mentioned in part one at a park and they held her down and told her that they were taking Kaylee from her and blah, 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 blah. Pretty much he tells her like, I did not come all this way. I did not leave my chihuahua in California to hear this shit like give me the actual details. At this point, Casey is pissed off and tells him that she's done talking to him because he's treating her like shit like the police have. Um, but this didn't stop her from bragging to this Leonard uh, Padilla's security that he brought with him. She bragged to them saying like, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm a celebrity now. Like, I need to start signing uh, my autograph on pictures of myself and selling them because I am just like celebrity status now. And that is where I am wrapping up part two, guys. I really, really, really hoped that I was going to be able to just have two parts here and wrap this up, but we haven't even got to the trial portion yet, and this episode is already so long. So the rest is recorded. I'm going to finish editing it, and it'll be up next Tuesday for sure. Again, I'm sorry that this one is up a day late, but it's taken me so long to get just this part edited. So yeah. There is going to be a third part, but I promise, promise, promise that'll be it. Um, and we'll be wrapping it up there. So um, yeah, just enjoy this. Both of these episodes were over an hour long. So the next one will probably be close to that as well. So it's just some long episodes, a three-parter, but <laughs> we're getting there. We're powering through. And um, yeah, I'm going to leave you guys here and be back next Tuesday with part three of Kaylee Anthony. Mm -hmm.